train of progress is worth it. It's the title of this message. I believe it's going to be a powerful message to encourage you, to strengthen you, to help you get through challenging seasons in your life. I had a friend of mine recently. He's actually a friend of our ministry. He's in leadership in Corey Nichols Ministries. His name's Albert Artis. He's an amazing man of God. And recently, he and I were going running. We were somewhere along um, our, our running, and he, he started just saying he wasn't feeling very well. And so after the run, he had mentioned that he had blood in his urine, and that was kind of concerning. So he went to the doctor and had some tests done, and the doctor said, we found a mass, a large mass on your kidney, and we're going to have to operate. We believe it's 95% sure that it's cancerous, and we're going to have to more than likely remove your entire right kidney. So the day came, and they went in, and they had to do invasive surgery. He literally had a cut from one side of his abdomen all the way to the other. It was at least a 12-inch long incision to where they could get to the kidney. When they went in, they were able actually to save the kidney, but they were, and they were able to remove the tumor without um, damaging the kidney. So praise God there. And after the surgery, the nurse, I think a couple different nurses said to Albert, are you in any pain? And Albert said, well, this is good pain. You see, this kind of pain is making me well and whole. And that stuck, that jumped on the inside of my heart when he was sharing that with me, because that's how God works. God the great physician of our souls knows what's on the inside of us. Cancerous poison that could keep us from experiencing God's best. You see, Albert, the test came back and it sure was cancerous. It was an aggressive form of cancer that could have killed him had he not had that removed. And that's what, that's what sin does on the inside of us. It can keep us from experiencing God's best. We see the destructive nature of sin throughout our world. It destroys families. It destroys relationships. It causes one nation to fight against another nation. It causes human, being to fight, human beings to fight amongst each other over race, culture, different things, where we should be extending love. God looks at each of our hearts the creator of the universe knows what he created us for. And he knows through his x-ray vision, things that could cause us to live far below our destiny and ultimately keep us sidelined and ineffective. It's, he, he sees those poisonous tumors, so to speak. And so God, in his great love for you and me, will allow us to go through difficulties challenges and trials. He uses those things as instruments in his hand to cut and to remove so that we can be ultimately healed and restored to go on to live the incredible life God has destined us. In Hebrews 12, 11, it says this, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. 
Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with God, and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. When God corrects us, or he begins removing things that can harm us and harm our futures, it's painful. It doesn't feel good. In the moment, it's like, God, what are you doing? This can't possibly be good for me. And he's saying, Corey, if you'll trust me, I promise you this is good for you in the end. God might not be the author of every difficult thing that comes into your life, but he doesn't, he doesn't stop everything because in his hands, he's working those situations out ultimately for your good so that you can become everything that God destined and created you to be. Is it painful? Yes. But it's a good kind of pain, as my buddy Albert said. It's a pain that's going to make you whole and well. Peter is a great example of this. You see, Peter and the other disciples one day, they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest. Who, who was going to be the most significant person in the kingdom of God? And after that conversation, Jesus went up to Peter and said, Peter, I've been praying for you. You see, Satan has come to me asking that he may sift you like wheat. You would have thought that Jesus would have rebuked Satan and not let that happen. But that's not what happened. He said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith may not fail you. And when you have recovered, encourage your brothers. Encourage them after you've gone through what? That trial, that testing. Peter said, Jesus, 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 you know, if everyone else deserts you, I will stand by your side, even into imprisonment and death. And Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you're going to deny three times that you even knew me. Peter, self-confident, self-righteous Peter, was like, no, Jesus, you got the wrong dude. The other disciples might, but I'm mighty. I'm strong. Well, sure enough, Jesus is crucified, and Peter scatters. And when the, crew, when the rooster crowed, um, when... When Jesus was taken into custody and was getting ready to be beaten before his death and crucifixion, the rooster crowed and Peter remembered the words of Jesus and he ran off completely overwhelmed that he, did not, he was not able to stand by his friend and that Jesus' words were really true. But when Jesus rose from the dead and met Peter on a beach... This is what Jesus said to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Then feed my sheep, Jesus said. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. There's nothing hidden from you. You know that I love you. Then Peter, feed my sheep. In other words, it's not about the Peter show. God allows us to fall flat on our face, to bring us to an end of ourselves, to where we truly understand what life's about. It's not about being great in the world's eyes. Real greatness, 
is when we serve others and lift the fallen and we meet their needs. We help them grow spiritually. We help them understand what real Christianity is and what it's not. And Jesus, the great physician that he is, was using that failure moment in Peter's life. He allowed Satan, God allowed Satan to come at Peter, but it was like the perfect instrument in the hand of Almighty God, cutting out that pride, cutting out that wrong perspective that would ultimately harm Peter's future. God had to remove that self-righteous, proud attitude where it was about Peter versus about helping other people. And so Jesus cut that out of him and it was painful. And Jesus said this, remember, when you have recovered, Peter, encourage your brothers. I want you to lift the fallen. I want you to serve them and help them understand who I am, what I'm like and what I'm not like. That's what I've called you to do, Peter. Love my people, serve them well. I also had to be cut in my own life. In the, at the time, it seemed completely unfair. How could God allow me to go through this difficulty? And it was when I had graduated college and I was working for this landscape architecture firm in Atlanta, Georgia. I was pretty good with my money. I saved, I, I had all my ducks in a row. And then the 2008 economy collapse happened. I eventually, over time, our firm started struggling financially. And eventually, I, there were pay cuts in our, organization, in our company. And there were a couple rounds of pay cuts. And eventually, they had to start laying people off because uh, this downturn in the economy lasted longer than what they thought. And eventually, my name was called and I lost my job. I couldn't find work coast to coast in this specialized field. And when I eventually found a job, it was half of what I used to make. I was upside down in my house. I couldn't sell it. I eventually lost everything. I lost my job. I lost my house. I lost my car. I literally lost all of my furniture. And I had to move home to my dad and stepmom's basement for the first time in 11 years. It was very humbling. And I even had a friend of mine call me up and say, well, you must be in sin or doing something wrong. Why is all this stuff happening to you? And in humility, I cried out to God, God, I believe I've done everything to my ability to be a good steward of my funds and resources. And no matter what decision I tried to make to make good decisions, it could not get me out of this situation. And this, this scripture in the book of Job, God brought this scripture, uh, brought it, uh, not to remembrance, but it, it jumped off the page at me when I read it. It says this, I go to the north and I cannot find him, God. I go to the south, east and west and catch no glimpse of him. But when he has tested me, I'll come forth as pure gold. And God spoke to me and said, Corey, you don't understand this today, but this situation is good for you. And I was thinking, how could this possibly be good for me? I've lost my reputation. I've lost everything. I have to rebound financially. I have no clue how long this is going to take. I had to declare bankruptcy. How could this possibly be good for me? I'm college educated, God. You see, God had a dream in my heart to help impoverished families around the world, working 
for an amazing anti-trafficking organization called Destiny Rescue. And I, and I have a teaching ministry that is doing humanitarian aid work around the world. But if I was going to step into that successfully, God had to remove a critical spirit and judgmental attitude in my heart towards impoverished people. I had a one-size-fits-all fits, one fits answer for, for people struggling financially. Just get a job at McDonald's. As if that would solve the problems. As if that was, had an, came from an understanding heart and the challenges they faced. So God allowed me to fall flat on my face. To feel the sting of a financial collapse. So there was nothing I could do to get out of it. God was pressuring me in on all sides because he wanted me to grow up spiritually. And he cut me and it was extremely painful. But looking back 12 years later, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life. It taught me humility. It taught me compassion for others facing very difficult situations. And instead of judging them with a critical spirit, I have a huge heart to help lift the fallen, just like Peter did. God knows how to orchestrate all the circumstances in our lives and work them together for our good to accomplish his purpose. John 15, 1 and 2 says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. God was cutting out these dead branches on the inside of me, and it was painful. But today, 12 years later, it's producing a great harvest in my life. God also cuts good things that are in our lives because he wants them to flourish even more. So God cuts you. If there's cancerous things on the inside of us to help remove those things so that we can fulfill our purpose. And he also cuts the good areas of our lives so that they can grow to, to have even more fruit to, or producing fruit, if that makes sense. So let me ask you a question. Would you rather experience the pain of spiritual progress or the pain of dealing with the consequences of living according to your carnal nature? You see, when we live according to our carnal nature, it brings death into our lives, death to relationships, death to our God-given dreams. We cannot fulfill the mission and assignment God has for us living according to our fleshly nature. It has to die. God has to cut out these these cancerous tumors in us so that we can look through an accurate lens to help people. We need to look from God's perspective through his lens of compassion. And that happens when he goes to work cutting on us. The pain of spiritual progress, there's a cost involved, some pain, but it's well worth it in the end. I can tell you on the other side, it has prepared me for my purpose. It is the most rewarding thing you could ever do is cooperate with God and let him have his way as the master gardener, as the great physician, cutting intricately, carefully. Not to destroy you, but ultimately to bring great wholeness into your life. I'm reminded of Joseph in the Bible. 
Joseph was sold. He had a dream from God, a God-ordained dream to be a great leader one day. And his brothers despised him because of his dream. They were jealous of him. So they sold him into slavery, never to be seen again. God, the Bible says, is with Joseph. And he lands in Potiphar's house in Egypt, the commander of uh, the Egyptian guard in, in Pharaoh's court. He's, he's um, the captain of the guard. And he becomes a servant of Potiphar and Potiphar's wife. Well, Potiphar's wife starts making lustful eyes after Joseph, after Joseph excelled in Potiphar's house. And she falsely accuses him of raping, raping her. And so Potiphar throws Joseph into prison. And the Bible says that God was with Joseph through another difficult situation. And Joseph continues to help people while he's in prison, one of those being the cupbearer. And one day Pharaoh had a dream that he couldn't interpret. None of his wise men could interpret. And the cupbearer says, well, there is a man in prison. He was able to correctly interpret my dream and everything he said came to pass. Pharaoh summoned him. Long story short, Joseph gets promoted into the second most powerful position in all of Egypt. He becomes the prime minister of Egypt. And eventually, Joseph's brothers have to come to Joseph to get food because of a famine in the land. And this is, this is the point I want to try to make. God brought Joseph out of the difficult situation when Joseph was ready, his character had been developed. Those negative um, character traits, uh, unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it was, God cut those out of him so that when he was in a place of prominence and power, he was going to use his influence to further God's kingdom and not his, not his self. And so when his brothers came to him in, in desperate need of food, Joseph provided for them and saved not only them, but all the land of Egypt. And then Joseph brought all his brother's wives and their children and his father into the best of the land of Egypt. And he preserved his whole family lineage, which became the nation of Israel. King David came from that lineage and ultimately the Christ. So I want to encourage you. Joseph endured pain. He allowed God to cut him. But God was ultimately using it for his good so that he could fulfill his God-given destiny assignment. Peter became the apostle Peter and his life is still being spoken about today. He became a pillar in the church and served God's people faithfully. Today, 12 years later, I'm now helping impoverished families around the world because of what God did. Will you let God have his way in you? Don't give up. Don't quit. I promise you, God will bring healing. Sometimes it's through a cut and the removal of something, and it's painful for a season. But you can endure it, and I promise you, there are incredible days in front of you if you don't quit and give up. Take care. God bless.